0: Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. I'm Pastor Zach, joined again by Pastor Dan, doing our AM recording. People don't know that. We usually do it in the PM. But yes. Now we're, we're getting the fresh stuff. We are. We're, we're, we're the, fresh. Time. Yeah, yes. that's right. So ho- uh, hopefully I didn't just set us up for a bump. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we're still here. We're in uh, Second Timothy still going through that. Um, and also, I know we, we generally just talk about the message, um, but I just want to take the the liberty of a worship pastor for a moment to say how encouraging the congregation was yesterday to mm, me ever. as we were, um, yeah, you know, good. we're always focusing on exalting the Lord, and uh, it just felt like we like yesterday we did it like yeah. it was it was just yeah. good and uh, what a great thing to do as we're going into looking at Christmas it was so encouraging so mm-hmm. good stuff, uh, but then we get into the word here in Second Timothy um, we're in chapter two and this week we're the first part of verses fourteen through nineteen. Tons of stuff here. And I can already tell you, I'm going to jump out of Second Timothy, because I did yesterday. <laughs> and I want to go to Ephesians for something that's on mm-hmm. here as well. Um, but just kind of, if you give us, I know you're doing a flyover, you're right in the middle of it, you're going to have a Christmas message in between. Kind of just, what is the big thing that's coming to you as you look at these kind of texts, the don't give away, you know, everything yet, but kind of, which was that big theme that's coming across? Um, and then we we'll dig into it more.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, as you look at the passage, the flow of it, this is why it's so important to go verse by verse, because these verses live in proximity to previous verses. So when he gets to the idea of remind them of things, we ask the question, who are the them? And it's the people that he's handing off truth to that he's mentioned, faithful men who will hand off to others. So there's that discipling context. And he says, remind them of these things. It's an imperative. And then he says not to quarrel about words. So he moves into this phase of 14 through 19. We say he simply boils things down. The ABCs of leadership do this. Don't do this. So the first thing he starts off with, don't. Don't quarrel about words. Don't split hairs. Yeah. Uh, because when he's talking about um, reminding them of being the athlete or the soldier or the farmer, that Jesus Christ is the son of David, he's risen from the grave, he's going to endure trials, all of those things. Remind them about all those things. But then somebody comes up and goes, yeah, but what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this part of the resurrection? Or what about this story in the Old Testament? And and did that staff mean this? Or, and people start kind of conjuring up these insider meanings and start bringing up words he says listen don't quarrel about words just just remind them of who they are the athlete the farmer uh, endure trials the big picture things and don't kind of get into all of that stuff the people who might as we've talked about yesterday in 1 Timothy chapter 1 who argued about uh, myths and genealogies they thought there's some insider way to grow with the lord or some hidden knowledge or hidden meaning or hidden lifestyle and he was like no it's really not about that. It's the blocking and the tackling. It's about don't do this, do this. And so he starts off with that don't. And then the second part is do. This is what you focus on, Timothy. This is what you remind them about is being approved workman. In other words, know the truth of who God is. Know the word so well. That when you stand before the Lord, you'll be approved. In other words, you won't be ashamed because you taught something that was kooky, right. or you taught a myth, or a genealogy, or you quarrelled about a word. And so, for pastoral leadership, this is: make sure you're focusing on the right things. There's you can't answer everything. We're we love to have answers about everything, but he goes, no, don't worry about that. Oh. Just focus on teaching the word. And if you don't know something, as he says previously in the verses prior to this, he'll lead you into those things. But you don't destroy your hearers by quarreling over words and kind of that flesh that says, oh, that guy has this really neat insight Anytime you hear somebody says, no one's ever thought about this, or this has never been taught, or this is new to the church, like Joseph Smith shows up and goes, oh, the whole church is trashed. You know, God has given me, the angel Moroni has given me these golden tablets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fitting in that category. That's right. Red flag. And, red flag. Yeah, that's that's huge <laughs> red flag. And so, uh, therefore, it's just it's really the the don't do this and do this. And that was the first. Don't quarrel about words. No. Do focus on being approved. Work hard to know the scriptures, the word of truth, because that's what'll set free your hearers. I, I think it's important for
0: us to remember that we are so easily tempted by that. Like we oh, want boy. that stuff that is. Um, not even secondary it's just the other part of it i remember uh you were talking you were saying blocking and tackling yesterday and uh, i'll go back as a kid who grew up in atlanta thinking about basketball dominique wilkins do you remember dominique oh wilkins, totally right? yeah great basketball oh, yeah. player got overshadowed by jordan and all that stuff forever yep. but when he would break away he would have some of the best dunks he had a great windmill he just put that arm out there oh yeah man. we were at a game versus the pistons i hated the pistons oh yeah and i loved hating the pistons with the rest of the hawks fans at the Omni. It was like a a unified group and and he he breaks away and he's going and you just know like there's going to be some exquisite dunk coming, right? And the game's close. Yeah, yeah. And he just goes back and you see him going up and he takes that arm. Brick! Right on the front of the rim, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you, and there was no reason for it. Oh, he put the ball in the basket. But we were all excited, yeah. and then we didn't get the two points. And I think about that. There's something that was like, we want the win, we want this fancy thing mm. that has no substance to it, yeah. and we literally miss the points. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think it's important for us to realize. Which, by the way, another side note for any of you Ancient Hawks fans out there was one of the great things about Spud McKenzie. Because he was so short, whenever yeah. he went for a dunk, it was exciting. Oh, he was yeah. always going to get the ball in the basket. He was always going to make the point, right? Yeah. Uh, he was like five foot eight or whatever. Yeah, but he was still, small. He'd still throw it down. Yeah. Um, anyway,
1: but my point being, the point, right, is that by there's... the way, I think it was Spud Webb. What I say? He said Spud McKenzie. I think that was a dog. Spud
0: McKenzie was the dog <laughs> for the Target commercials. There you go.
1: If Spud McKenzie can dunk. It's a whole different talk, right? ladies and Spud Webb. It Spud is the Webb. morning. That's right. that's the change. This there is there the morning.
0: Go. He was number. I can remember that. So oh, there there's go. another insight into his yeah. next crazy brain. <laughs> but the point being, like, there is something in us, and the reason I bring it up is we need to recognize that you are that person, whatever it is. Whether yeah. it's basketball or it's when you're talking about scripture, you are the person that wants that other thing that goes, yeah. "Oh, that's tantalizing." Yeah. Substance, man. You don't go if you if you're eating a sundae and you're freaking out about the sprinkles. You're missing the whole entire point. Yeah, you need that substance, and if you recognize it, you can then program yourself into that. So things about like speculation. I think Mm. that's something that can happen a lot. Yeah. I think it's fine to talk about speculative things sure. as long as you know there's speculation sure. and program yourself that way. In my family, if we want to talk about silly stuff, we imagine upon the new creation. Will I be able to ride a lion? You know, Will there be ice cream trees or whatever? <laughs> and it's silly and fun. The kids love doing it. But it's actually we're speculating on things that have sure. a root of significance, right? Yeah. Don't get caught up in this nonsense. Yeah, and
1: I think there's, that's different than the people who were in that – we're going to talk about Hymenaeus and Philetus. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're talking about things like the resurrection. The resurrection's already happened. So we're not talking about things that are imaginative. Everybody in the room knows. We're talking about substantive, the DNA of Christianity. And so I think that uh, when you see things like this and you hear somebody creating some new doctrine or new belief, um, conspiracies were alive and well back then. They're alive and well today. And so what does he do? First Timothy, we talked about, um, evaluate, does this lead me to greater godliness? That's one of the ways you can tell, am I getting into something that, uh, so for example, with you and your kids, I'm not even thinking, about, it's not about godliness, and that's okay because yep. no one's thinking it is. But the guy with the resurrection, that's right. he's thinking this is the way we relate to God, yep. this aspect of the resurrection we'll get into, and so you go, oh, that does affect that's right. godliness. That's
0: right. And that's what he's, he, he leads into, right? He kind of goes yeah. through these three progressions, rightly
1: handling the yeah. word of truth.
0: What do you have to do to rightly handle something? You first have to have it, right? Yeah. And that's where I've I had people say this before. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, I read the, or this book. I don't know what you think about this, or, or here's this person teaching this thing, and I don't know." It's kind of tickling the ears a little bit. And um, I think maybe because of our roles sometimes as pastors, it's and you should ask for this advice. But sure. some kind of it could be a cop out. Like I'm not going to do the work. I'm not going to do the work on my own. Or maybe I don't know the word strong enough. Want to so ask somebody else. So sometimes the brother, I'll be like, well, what do you know about the Lord? What is it that you've learned in his scripture mm. that helps you to hear? And why is it that you think that might be? Why, why are you speculating that might be something that's a little bit off? And they'll go, well, you know, this part of the scripture says that exactly right. you got to know your toolbox so you're on your toes yeah. with this. And that's Paul's expectation for Timothy.
1: Yeah, and I think there's people that are... When you see somebody who's really zealous, really fired up, you, you think it's admirable. You go, wow, that is some neat dedication. So, for example, citing yesterday, people who lived monastic lives. Mm. Wow, they give up everything, vow, vow of poverty. They live behind these walls, and they're giving themselves over to prayer. Okay, well, let's back it up a little bit. What are we called to do? It's make disciples. Right. How can you do that inside the walls and never interact with people? And then when you start thinking about the theology of that, they're praying, they're interceding so the merit of Christ or the merit of Mary becomes part of the church. In other words, you start seeing the tentacles here that when you look at it, yeah, that's, they're zealous, they're passionate, they're self-deprecating, doesn't seem like they're selfish at all. I wish I wasn't selfish. Hold on there. That's right. That's where that toxicity, it turns over. That's the gangrious uh, dynamic that he's going to be talking about with Hymenaeus and Alexander. So be discerning. I think, as I wrote a blog earlier this year, I think the two biggest things this year and coming years, probably for the next five to 10 years, is going to be uh, discernment and courage. Mm. People growing in and needing mm. discernment mm. and the courage to stand on that it's because that, yeah. there's so many voices in our ear yeah. when it comes to, hey, believe this or do this or or, man, and this is true over here, or oh, that's false over there. We love conspiracies, and we can get drawn after that. Yeah. When the, the blocking and tackling, the do's and the don'ts, getting into the Word, that's what you really need.
0: Yeah. And that's another par- part that I think is really important for us, maybe particularly in our, our circles that maybe tend towards some headiness, yeah. is that when he's talking about rightly handling the Word of Truth, he doesn't say rightly, hold it, like in the sense of you've got it and you know it there's an implication that you're doing with it, right? Yeah. And that's where you really start applying to life. You know, discernment is taking what you know, just taking your, your understanding of the scriptures and then you are discerning how to apply them. Yeah. And wisdom, which is, you know, reflecting this in godliness and godliness in the way that you're living your life. Um, I was saying to my earlier, you can have it, just because you own a lumber yard, you are not a carpenter, mm. right? You got a lot of lumber. But But if you're not doing anything with it, you're not a carpenter.
1: Yeah, you can have a lot of workout equipment, but if you never get on it, it doesn't really matter. So we have the Word of God, and we are to use it and use it well. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, that idea of rightly handling uh, is the idea of cutting straight. That's right. And I think that's a really important word for our day, is it's it's not that you have to figure it out. In other words, it's within you, or uh, it's subjective to you. It's outside of you. You cut it straight. It's out there and you cut along the lines of what's true and what's false, but it's out there, so you have to do the hard work. So that immediately disconnects us from the postmodern view, that somehow my feelings are true, Well, you could say they're true for you, but they don't determine reality. In other words, what you feel doesn't make something true. It's outside of you. You cut along the lines. The word helps us understand that. And your feelings might be very wrong. So you need to change your feeling. How do you change your feelings? By seeing the truth and recognize it. Then your feelings follow, but you, when your feelings get in front and the feelings determine what you believe to be true, that's postmodernism, and that is a nightmare. That's the end of civilization if you actually believe
0: that. It doesn't work. It's like the postmodernist sounds really right until he decides to stand in front of a truck that he says doesn't
1: exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and when we see people who are fired up, have a lot of feeling, we go, that's admirable. Yeah. Wow, they're really virtuous. You have to stop and go, that's just their feeling. Now let's examine what they're saying. Okay. Because they can be very, very excited and very, very wrong. Wow. The people who flew the planes into the, the towers, zealous. they really were zealous. They totally believed. Were they right? Oh. No. Okay. And so that's. it's hard when you see somebody who's so passionate and to be able to go, you're wrong. Yeah. And to be able to say, you're wrong because the word says this. And it's it just, it feels funny to stand against somebody like that. But it's what we're called to do. And that's exactly why he's writing the letter to Timothy. You know
0: what? Though? It is encouraging, though, because I'm sure you've had this experience. I know I've had it, um, I remember particularly back to college. But when somebody is zealous and wrong, but their zeal is properly for the Lord. Hmm. When you do confront them, it's actually really encouraging because you'll find if their zeal is for the thing or for the Lord, because if they hear truth, like Apollos, right? Like it seems like there was a time in his life when he was corrected, right? It's that once this thing comes along, they go, thank you. And that zeal doesn't diminish. It seems to almost, you know... um, I don't want to say like get more, but almost get saddled in a way that becomes useful. So it can be very encouraging. So don't be afraid to confront people that's right. with truth. If they're zealous for the Lord, they're going to go, come on, buddy. You know?
1: Yeah. Matter of fact, that's one of the ways you know uh, you have healthy leadership when you ask them a question. It's not about their truth. It's about the word's truth. Right. So it's not about their angle. Uh, we talked it earlier about listening to that Mars Hill. Yeah. And that's absolutely one of the things mm-hmm. that was happening with yeah. Driscoll. He was moving from teaching the word, and then all of a sudden his interpretation of the word, then his power as a pastor, and then ultimately restructuring the bylaws, so he's the final voice. That's a toxic pastor. Yeah. That's a guy. Sure. Who who is off the rails yeah. and you have every right to go, yeah, you can say you're preaching the Bible for... And you can say you're in a gospel-centered uh, message and all this. Well, the problem is this, why is your gospel-centered message hurting so many people? Wow. <laughs> in other words, that's not what the gospel does, it, so therefore it can't be. A godly gospel produces godliness, right? Shazam. The
0: fruit is gonna match the tree. Yeah. It's fair saying that. I remember there's an old show, love the show. Um, it was called Dirty Jobs with Micro. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. Love fantastic. That show. I remember one episode he was doing a guy that makes fireworks. Not like bottle rockets or whatever, but like the fireworks that they shot. They did the Fourth um, of July celebration. Yeah, yeah you should totally look it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, Mike's always investigating what happens in this job and what's into it. And the guy showed him how he mixes the chemicals to do these things, these bombs, basically. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. they're yeah. huge. Curious. These huge things. Uh, and Mike's like, so if you want to change something, do you do this and here? And he goes, no, no, no. You do what it does. Like the standards already set. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, well, what if you don't? He goes, That's a good point. People die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't like there's principles that are set yeah. in place where you're messing with, you know, things that are gonna blow up. And if you yeah. don't pay attention to the principles, there's bad things that happen. The principles of scripture yeah. are established. What yeah. God has said is true is true. You can yeah. know it all you want. If you start and you could should follow it and things work out great. Beautiful so Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start manipulating it, people die,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like NASA could have worked against gravity to get to the moon, but they went, no, we're going to use the gravitational right. slingshot us around. That's right. Because if we don't use that, we die. Yeah. Reality is there, and that's one of the
0: great things yeah. about scripture. Yeah. And one of the things that I mean, the best thing that separates Christianity from all of religions is that it's true. But one of the great mm. things is that we have a word, an objective word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Israel was despised because of this. Well, they would in ancient history, people mm. their God has spoken to you like this. Who who do you think you are? That's God right. Yeah. But God has yeah. done that. It's so generous. So if you've been given the word of truth, yeah, know it. Not know it like I can recite whatever this thing. Know it in the way that it's changing your life, the way you think and the way you yeah. interact with people.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's Fantastic. Good
0: so that's that's really good. And, and he's going he's gonna to progress. And I don't want to bury the lead too much. Bury the lead? I, that, is that the right phrase? I don't know. Is that man. one of those things that gets used incorrectly? Um, it's like you're a newspaper guy. I know. That's what I was thinking. Like the, um, uh, It's the problem with having all the things in your brain, like all these little catch phrases. Those things stick with me forever. Yeah. yeah. And you never know which one's going to come out. I always get easy peasy lemon squeezy. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah. For some reason, when I grew up, we would hear easy peasy chocolate squeezy. So, whenever I say that now, I get made fun of it, but... Yeah, I don't think you squeeze chocolate. Well, it comes, it comes in a tube. That's what my wife says. You don't squeeze chocolate. Well, when, you, when it comes yeah, tube, the, I the guess. government, I mean, like... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We get chocolate in a brown yeah. box on the, the white toothpaste tube on the side of it said chocolate, USDA or whatever it was from. <laughs> Different experience. <laughs> if anybody for, from back <laughs> oh, in the day wow. is watching this with me and wow. knows that, you can't leave a wow. comment there to let people know I'm not crazy. Wow. I'm not crazy on this. Um, Anyway, but as we're doing that, I, w- I do want to point out, Is something I wanted? To, I want to look at, is he's going to go on, we're going to talk more about this, and he talked a little bit about it in verse 16, but avoid a reverent babble mm. right after he said, yeah. rightly handling the word of truth. Yeah. Now, this dog will hunt for days, so I don't want to yeah. get too much into it, but I do want to point out, first of all, when he's t- saying this, the idea is godless chatter right the, yeah. this the, if you're looking in the greek it's it's yeah. when we say revelant, it means the lack of god being removed from yeah. this and people if i push it too far people will come back and they'll go so you're saying everything i say has to be about the lord all the time my response would be if you can do that you're going to live a more prosperous life that's great knock it out um, but i think the point is to go avoid God, running your lips godlessly. Yeah, don't let. So yes, don't say bad things. No, but also just don't flippantly run off about things. Particularly when you're talking about the kingdom. Sure. Don't make light of things. Don't just be silly. I, I get convicted about this. When I was a teenager, for some reason, Jerry Falwell just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, mm. Well, he did a lot of people. But there was something about it. I was really zealous at that time. And I didn't like the way the kingdom was looking because of some of the public stuff that would happen. So it'd be an e- easy to make fun of. Mm. It, was, it was kind of a walking joke if you have any you know, wit to you. I realized this is ridiculous. Mm. Like, I. I'm not making God look greater by making fun of yeah. this guy just yeah, because yeah. he's doing something wrong in the yeah. kingdom, and I feel like we do that frequently. Mm. I almost feel like we run after it to find ways to do it. Like now, it's okay for us to be silly and make fun about something because at least we're talking about the family or something sure, like that. You sure. Know? And I just think we need to remember that, and that's what I was thinking about in Ephesians, Ephesians yeah. 4, yeah. where he's saying, "Don't let this stuff come out of your mouth." Yeah. Right. Sure. Because if anybody goes, "Well, he's talking about pastoral stuff," or no. That oh, was no, yeah. To the actual church there at Ephesus, where it yeah. says, "No, don't do about this. Let your speech be edifying, right? Be encouraging to one another. Don't even go off on these tangents."
1: Yeah, and it's it's a don't do, don't. That's the next don't. Mm-hmm. So don't do be be doing that. Uh, watch what you say, because it speaks to what your heart says. Right. Christ says James talks about you. You set a a forest on fire with a little spark. Yeah. You set people on fire with a little word. That's the idea. And so, yeah, I think it's not so much that I have to, I don't think, but different than this passage, in general, the spirit is watch your conversation because it will reveal your heart. It's like this this portal to your heart to find out what's really in it. And you'll find it when people start doing this irreverent babble is they're talking about things they don't understand. That's right. They're making judgments on things that's not their business. Mm-hmm. And I think we have that a lot today. For some reason, people think, like with Twitter, just because I can say something, it means it's valuable. Yeah. Just because I, I have a thought, I should share a thought. Yeah. I think, particularly in this sense, of somebody going, well, this is true, and they say it about God, about life, about people, and go, you know, that's just babble. There's no value there at all. And part of being in a body of Christ is when somebody goes, hey, can I just tell you what you just said? Makes no sense whatsoever. And it's not honoring to you. It's not honoring to that person. It's not honoring the Lord. So stop doing that. And I think there's a value that the church is the place in which those dialogues can best happen because you, you can say that to someone. They can say it to you and you know you're in this together and we, you're called to love one another, so you're commanded to work through these things. We have to be commanded to be loyal and committed to each other because what Christ has done for us. So that's the the laboratory in which these conversations take place. In the world, you're never going to have that because there's some people are vested and it's valuable to act like that. Other people are ashamed and they don't have the the kind of the chutzpah, the, the boldness, and so they kind of leak into the cracks, but in the church you can engage with people and be there, and you can be rebuked and rebuke others and all grow together. That's what the church is. Help one another
0: with this. You got to realize the world has nothing else to talk about. Yeah, yeah. have to speak about irreverable. They got no other subject matter, right? So we should encourage one another and and love when you're doing that, but say things just like you said. I think people might hear that and they go, well, I don't want to say that to somebody. I don't want to be the joy kill or whatever. I'm like, you're you're the source of joy. Yeah. Like, if we, what if we did that with one another? You don't have to be a punk. Yeah. Kindly go. You know, maybe that's not. Maybe that's not where we want to be. spending our efforts. I don't know that godliness is coming on that. If we did that all the time, we would probably have more enjoyable conversations regularly because we'd be training ourselves to reflect upon the Lord and use our words wisely.
1: Yeah, and we are. My family we were just doing devotions the other day on this, and we we're just talking about what is truth and love, and what does that look like, and in looking in different situations, I'll do what's in your best interest. That's what truth and love is. I'll do what's in your best interest. Going to what's true but I won't do it necessarily to make you feel better, but I'll m- do it because I care for you mm-hmm. and the way you're thinking or whether you're acting, if you continue in that way, you won't be better. That's you right. won't be able to honor the Lord. And so how you even discern truth and love, what does that look like? That'll compel you and promote right. that idea of godliness. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I think it's, that's why we have to be reforming the way we think. That's Very right. often the world says, hey, that's none of your business. You shouldn't talk like that. Somebody go, Ah, there's at certain points in which you're responsible right. to say that was inappropriate yeah. or that was unloving. Or do you think that there's a better way for you to approach that? Oh. That is what you're called to as a disciple of Christ. It's ironically rightly handling the word of truth. Right. <laughs> Take it what you know of the word
0: That's and putting right. it to use. So I do want to hit one, one quick thing because yeah. the next thing he talks about is when he's talking about the irreverent babel, it says, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. And I just want to point out the, so this idea of spreading, which I think we might lose a little bit in our society because mm-hmm. we're not ag- agricultural. They would have thought about the idea of pastoring, like when a flock goes over. Over a, a pastor and they spread out, they eat everything, right? So it spreads yeah. like that. And I think Paul's making, I don't if you're gonna go here, I don't want to ruin it a little bit. But <laughs> I think the reason he's talking about the handling the word in truth and godliness is he's making this idea of leading to spreading in general. Wow. Ungodly speech mm. will spread, like a yeah. disease. Yeah. But also the godly speech, it's spread. What we talk, what we do, yeah. it spreads. Yeah. So I just kind of want to remove the idea that you can be passive yeah. in the way that you're speaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What you talk, the right way of talking about the tongue having the power of life and death – It doesn't get you a Mercedes, by the way <laughs> – about saying that the tongue is powerful and that it does have impact on the way things are done. Yeah. So what comes out of your mouth will spread one way or the other. What do you want to be
1: doing? Yeah, there's a switch there. What you start to tolerate, you actually start to endorse. Oh, that's good. So yeah. therefore, like if someone's talking badly about people and you don't do anything, all of a sudden that, that gangrenous thing, it starts spreading because you go, they start thinking, oh, it must be okay. You start thinking or people are listening, oh, it must be okay because no one's saying anything bad about this. Oh, man. But the other way is true if somebody goes, hey, I don't think that's appropriate. All of a sudden you shut that down, it can't spread. Yeah. So the way you do something, there is no middle ground. You're either approving or denying. Yeah. You're either endorsing or tolerating, which creates cultural shifts and yeah. creates a culture. Yeah. And so therefore, yeah, he's saying this is a big deal. And by the way, he names two guys, Hymenaeus and Philetus. And think about that, he names them, he names names. Yeah. So that now yeah. all of a sudden they know these are the guys yeah. Who are spreading this gangrious thing and by the way certainly at this time when he writes this somebody who reads this goes okay next time i hear yeah. phyletus say this or hymenaeus say that i'm totally not yeah. going to be down with that that's good
0: I've got, I've got a really good example of that from when i was a teenager i won't, won't share it here because the the context of it will be because the social climate would be weird about it yeah. but i had a friend that um for, for, had, for some time had made fun of something that, was, that he didn't know about me that was true mm. and he found out it was true and he didn't realize before that he was being inappropriate mm. and then he said he, he brought it up well I'll just I'll, whatever do what you want with the context so he, he would have made racial jokes particularly mm. about Mexicans he had no idea people yeah. thought I was Italian or Greek or whatever and then he met my mom and he mm. was like and he wow. didn't know he was being like that before yeah. and, with, and he and you just think like they're embarrassed he said why didn't you say anything to me Mm. And I thought, uh, I kind of endorsed him in that by not saying anything. Good point. And then I realized I wasn't being, I didn't need to be like, oh, you need some kind of, like now that's what I'm saying. Like, You need some kind of racial reconfiguration training or whatever. He wasn't thinking about it. And by by not saying anything, you just let it go. Be loving enough to the people that are around you to call them out on stuff. Maybe they're not going to be like, well, maybe they'll say, thank you. I wasn't even thinking of that. Because most likely they're not. People aren't. In the body of christ yeah. generally people aren't trying to be jerks sure right so maybe if you call them
1: they'll go oh, thank you so much yeah making those incremental adjustments versus they start doing that they really believe it, it and they are all yeah. this other stuff and then they really wail uh, on people oh
0: man that's good if you guys hear something yeah. think about the responsibility to your brother yeah. to be there with him to help him sharpen his sword and don't just take the easy way out. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. That's And we'll stop at that, because that's a great yeah. point, I wanna yeah. leave. That's a great thing to stand on. Plus, I know we're coming back, so we don't have to cover right. all yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Dan. Uh, let everybody know, we will not we will uh, not have a second helpings for next week, but we do plan to be back in the new year, um, and we'll be back in Timothy, yep. be able to go over stuff. Exactly. So thanks again, Dan, yeah. for joining us. Thank you, everybody there, for watching and being part of this. Until we see you next time, you guys be focusing on spreading God's fame, making disciples, and enjoying every moment of doing. So we'll see you later.